In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The account that uh, Father Trent just read in our Gospel passage from Matthew, uh, it happens in the last week of Jesus' life. It's probably like Tuesday before he's crucified on Friday. And it's the famous passage where Jesus uh, looks at the coin and shows them the emperor's uh, image, Tiberius Caesar. His image on the coin says, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's um, and give to God the things that are God's. And uh, our translation, a little softer than the King James, uh, give to the emperor uh, the things that are emperor's. But this is that render to Caesar passage. And to my knowledge... This passage only ever comes up in the lectionary in October, which is stewardship season, right? And my joke about this passage is that it kind of looked like, looks like Jesus was saying, uh, you know, before I die, I should probably say something about money because they're going to need to have something to preach on for their stewardship sermons, right, uh, in October, and it looks like a slam dunk, right? I mean, give to Caesar Caesar's money and give to God God's money. But you can relax because I don't think that is what Jesus can possibly mean. Principally because God does not need your money. Um, you know, we always say Psalm 24, 1, the, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything that you have already is God's. It all belongs to him. The uh, financial author and radio guy, Dave Ramsey, you probably heard of Dave Ramsey. Uh, he said once that if God wants your money, he's going to take it and there'll be a greasy spot left where you're sitting. Right. Uh, that's uh, I might be overstating it just a little bit, uh, but um you know, I think that God is not up there just wringing his hands, hoping that his people are going to come through this year so he can keep the lights on. Right? I mean, his streets are paved with gold. God's doing okay. Um, now, Church of Our Savior, on the other hand, um, we, of course, do need resources to uh, flourish and carry out ministry. But that's not the question the text is asking, I don't think. Um, and so for us, what, the question is, what does Jesus mean by this saying? Uh, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and render to God the things that are God's. And what, what does it mean? What does Jesus mean? And what does it mean for us? Well, the Pharisees and the Herodians are unlikely allies. And they come to Jesus together uh, to entrap him in his words now, you can probably tell from their name that Herodians work for King Herod, right? They are like mercenary soldiers, and, and therefore they are against anyone that the people might want to elevate to, to be a king, because they have a king. They work for the king. The Pharisees, you know, they are the establishment, the religious buzzkills that are against anyone uh, who... Uh, who claimed to be right about God that wasn't them. Like they, so, so, that's, so they both have this common enemy in Jesus, and they come together and they try to schmooze Jesus with 
false flattery and then trick him by asking him if it's legal to pay taxes to the Romans. Now, if he says yes, then he'll get in trouble with the Hebrew nationalist Pharisees. And then if he says no, it'll get back to the Roman police. And so either way, takes care of Jesus, this problem that they had. Jesus, of course, not fooled by their flattery. And he asks for the coin that would pay the tax. And he shows them what they already knew. That the image of Tiberius Caesar is on the coin. And he outsmarts the tricksters saying, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and render to God the things that are God's. And the ones who are trying to trick him, uh, it says, are amazed by him and they run away. Now, I don't ever remember actually saying anything to you so profound that you all just ran away. Here's hoping, right? So, um, but Jesus is saying, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Uh, Give to Caesar the thing that bears Caesar's image, right? Pay the tax if it's, it's part of being a responsible citizen. But, and here's the important thing, give to God the thing that bears God's image. That's what Jesus is saying. And what bears God's image? You do. You bear God's image. Page one of the Bible, right? God created us in his image. Now, what does that mean exactly? A lot of ink has been spilled uh, over the years uh, talking about what that means. I think it uh, boils down to this, that we were created for the purpose of reflecting God's nature and character and glory to the watching world. That when people look at us, they are to get a glimpse of God's goodness and kindness and grace. And that sounds good, but I don't know about you. I don't often think that I'm particularly good at reflecting the nature and the character and the holiness and the glory of God to a watching world. I mean, I behave pretty well when I have my collar on. But... I, I can be just as selfish and conniving and grumpy as the next guy. And I, I wonder if maybe the Pharisees and the Herodians left him and went away. They ran away because they realized exactly what Jesus is calling them to. They saw themselves in the white-hot light of Jesus' invitation to give God the thing that bears God's image. We're talking about giving our whole selves to God. Our thoughts, our deeds, our words, our relationships, our jobs, our stuff, our homes, our money, our time, our stress and our worry, our joys and our sorrows. And I, I think you can make the case that Jesus is calling us to a life of stewardship. Now, stewardship is not simply the portion of our income that we give to the church. Now, if, if we ever give you that impression, then we're not doing our job. 
Stewardship, the word stewardship is a secular word, and it just fundamentally means one person's management of another person's resources. That's all stewardship is, one person's management of another person's resources. But in calling us to give God what is God's, Jesus is calling us to give God our whole selves. That's Christian stewardship. That is to say, we are to recognize God's rightful ownership of all that he has given to us. And we are to use all of what God has given us in the way that God wants us to use it. Now, if that sounds like a severe call, it's only because we are suspicious of God's deep goodness. I mean, if you want something from me, he can't be that good. That may be several layers down, but it's there. I wonder, have you ever done what God wanted you to do and then been sorry about it later? I've never heard anybody say that they were sorry they did what God wanted us to do. By the, and by the way, God has already given his full self to you in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, in the gospel, in the constant presence and accessibility of the Holy Spirit. And so we're not taking a risk here, right? We are giving ourselves fully to the God who has already given himself fully to us, who lived for us, who died for us, who rose for us, and who says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Give to God the things that are God's is a gracious invitation from Jesus. It's freedom. From the, it's the call from the shadows of self-centeredness into the sunlight of salvation. And yes, it surely calls us to change. Praise God, it calls us to change. Jesus is calling us to give God all inside of us that bears God's image. He's calling us to step more deeply into the kindness of God in every aspect of our lives. So here's the stewardship sermon. Are you ready? Open your hearts fully to God. That's it. Open your hearts fully to God. Step into the daring adventure of a life lived in step with your, with your Savior. What's that? What does that look like for you? What's that going to look like for you? This past summer, I had a chance when I was on vacation uh, to go for a long hike by myself. It was fantastic. It was like over 10 miles. It was great. And, and I was uh, all, uh, when I was finished, there's a small river that, that ran right by the parking lot where my car was. And, and, uh, and I was sweaty and tired, and I thought, man, a swim would really be refreshing. So I took my shoes off, and I um, went down to the riverbank, and I stepped my, uh, put my foot in, and it was cold! Oh my gosh, it was so, it was like, so, it was like that, like, you know, you can't feel it, but it hurts so bad, kind of cold in the, uh, the mountain river. But I kept going, and uh, I went all the way in, and, I mean, it, it was a little shock to the system at first, but, but I got used to it really quickly. And my muscles relaxed, and the 
all the grime kind of washed off, and it was wonderful. It was wonderful. I, I didn't want to leave. I just sat there for I don't know how long. I didn't want to leave it. Sometimes we are just like I was on the bank of the river. We're tired and we're sweaty and we're cranky from all the election, com- I mean, from the, um, from the life that we are, are living. And, and, um, but we just had this toe dipped into the grace of God and we're miserable. But when we get all the way in the river, that's when we get to relax and enjoy it. Open your heart. To the living God. Jump all the way in. What's that going to look like for you? We want Church of Our Savior to be a beacon of Christian vitality to Mandarin and North St. John's County and to the Diocese of Florida. A beacon of Christian vitality. That is to be a lighthouse of the goodness of God and the hope of heaven. And if you read the mission document that I sent out a couple of weeks ago, I might send that out again. But if you read, I said that Christian vitality does not come from us having great programs. Christian vitality comes from great Christians. It's Christians who are convinced the best place to be and the safest place to be is in the middle of the river of God's refreshing Spirit. And what happens when we get in the middle of that river is that the Holy Spirit is the water that is constantly rushing over and washing over our thoughts and our deeds and our words and our relationships and our jobs and our stuff and our homes and our money and our time and our stress and our worry and our joys and our sorrows. And sanctifying It's refreshing. It's washing away the bad and it's strengthening the things that are good. Listen, if if Church of Our Savior is full of Christians who are in the middle of the river, who are just gaga for Jesus, then we're going to have the money we need to flourish in our ministry. I mean, that's just how how that works. I'm not worried about that. Because people who bear God's image, are uh, they bear God's generosity. Right? Jesus, uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God is generous. So I don't feel like I need to twist your arm in one stewardship sermon a year. Try to get you to give money. I just need to point you over and over and over to, uh, into the river. And point you over and over and over to the one whose image you bear. Some of you don't feel like you can get out too much these days. Being in here maybe even feel a little nerve-wracking for you. And and um, but but you can't. So you can't get out much, but you can give. Some of you can give a lot, and that's that's fantastic. Thank you so much. That is ministry. It makes a difference. Thank you. Some of you have been hit pretty hard by economically by. uh, by this this pandemic and everything that's going on, and you don't feel like you can give quite as much as you'd like to, or you used to even. But you can serve. You can you can be an usher, or you can do Meals on Wheels, or you can help teach the kids, or, or there's all sorts of things. Thank you, thank you. That is ministry. It's making a difference. Thank you so much. 
Some of you don't feel like you can really get out or give very much. You know what you can do? You can pray. Thank you. It's making a difference. In fact, you can also write letters from your house to the Crown Point Elementary School teachers. That would be great too. It's ministry. It's making a difference. Thank you so much. So one, one last observation and we'll be done. But um, I have, we have a prayer group that meets on Thursdays at 10 o'clock. And anybody's welcome to come. We'd love for you to come. But there's, uh, we, we, pray, we just pray for the church. Uh, I know that not everybody can make that because they're working. But um, we might should start another one. But anyway, we pray for the church. And there have been a few times where this, like, we could hardly talk. The Holy Spirit was so present. And this past Thursday was, was one of those times. I mean, there were a couple of people who were crying, and it was just like, I got, sort of had an image. Do you remember the story in the Old Testament where Moses says, let me see your glory, and God says, you could not handle it. <laughs> and I sort of understood why. It was that thick. It was, it was like heavy. And it was so good. And, you know, I just want to say that the Holy Spirit is, is moving here at Church of Our Savior. And we, I want you to be a part of it. Like I want you to be a contributor to all that's going on. I want you to give your time, talent, and treasure to be sure. I do. But I, I want you to, I want more, I want your heart, soul, mind, and strength to the purposes of God in this place and in the world around you. I mean, we do need you to pledge, right? I mean, we, uh, we're, we're supposed to send the pledge cards out this week. I don't know if anybody received them. I don't know what happened. Hashtag 2020, right? They, um, they, they should be in the mail tomorrow or Tuesday. 2020 ate them. But the... Um, We'll get them to you, or we'll email it to you, or you can email us. We need you to pledge, but more than anything, just, I mean, give, give to God the thing that bears God's image. God will take care of the rest. Open your heart more fully to God. Jump all the way in the river, and i got to tell you, I can't wait to see what happens. Amen.